Do you like to be the first name of your sex tape? Well, if you like to be the first to listen to podcasts, you might want to check out our Patreon because now we're offering a brand new membership tier called Name of Your Sex Tape. I couldn't help it, guys. I'm sorry. For five pounds a month, you'll get an ad-free version of our weekly episode on a Tuesday, a full day earlier than its usual release. So you can be the very first to talk about how funny our guest was, how quickly you cracked the case, or how badly I answered a question. Plus, you'll get all the benefits of our regular tier, including our live Zoom records, a special shout out on the podcast, and if you really like to hear us talk, we've got an entire back catalog of extra content. Check it out on patreon.com forward slash drunk women solving crime. Name of your sex tape. Name of your sex tape. Name of your sex tape. Fancy coming along to see Drunk Women Solving Crime live? Ooh, yes please. Why not join us for our monthly London residency at the marvellous Museum of Comedy? We've got monthly shows through to June. Plus, every show is a double header, so you get to see us record not one, but two episodes with two fantastic guests. You can find tickets on our website, drunkwomensolvingcrime.com. Shows are selling out fast, so be quick. Noise. Noise. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Drunk Women Solving Crime. My name's Katie Wilkins and I'm an author and comedian. I'm joined by screenwriter Hannah George. Hello. And writer-comedian Taylor Glenn. Hello. This is where Brandy meets bludgeoning, Mimosa meets misdemeanour, and Port meets prostitution. It's a true crime podcast with a twist. Of lime. Coming up on Drunk Women Solving Crime. <laughs> the prisoners do actually cook. They probably have all these cooking utensils just like lying around. It's so um, funny when other Hannah calls. Cool Hannah. Cool Hannah. That's right. Yeah. I'm just an education in the 1100. Was it that? Thank you. I'm here all week. Now it's time. Drunk Women Solving Crime. Welcome to another episode of Drunk Women Solving Crime. We are joined this week by the fantastic Hannah Cunningham, also known as Empty Alien, and she is makeup artist and content creator. Welcome, Hannah Cunningham! God, oh, it's so therapeutic to hear you say that in your voice. (laughs) I've heard it so many times with other people, and I'm like, one day it's going to be me. Thank you so much for having me, guys. I'm so Thank excited. you for joining us. You look amazing. Like oh, we, um, we've, we've got a picture that we're going to release, obviously, when this comes out. But like, oh my god, Hannah looks amazing. Oh, thank you. Yeah, and your so, work is amazing. I'm just trying to conjure up an excuse to hire you. I'm like, I don't know where I'll go <laughs> with one of your creations, but I'm going to do it. And look, Halloween's coming up. You know, oh, it? yeah. We could we could book Ministry of Sound guys. <laughs> and can I just say that uh, what happened before we started recording was because obviously Hannah and I have the same name mm. we were trying to work out how we're going to be different, 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 differentiated and uh, Taylor suggested cool Hannah and of course then me so uh, that's I specify. Yeah, you filled in those blanks, Island Hannah. <laughs> Island. But, but cool, Hannah. Thank you for being with us. Oh, More than happy. Thank you so much. Well, empty alien, Hannah Cunningham. We have one question on this podcast. Have you ever been the victim of a crime? I have. <gasps> um, yeah, it it involves a stalking. 
um, and me at about I was about 12 13 at the time oh god yeah I know so I was like I was out shopping with a friend um and basically my mum had taken me and her into like the local high street because and let us sort of go off on the reins just because <laughs> we wanted to be independent, you know. Yeah. Um, and I was in, I went to WH Smith and I was looking at like the new pencil cases. <laughs> Good, choice. Good choice. Absolutely classic. Yeah. A, yeah. a Pepsi one, that was always a favourite. Yeah, yeah, a classic one that's like a little Coke or maybe like a fluffy one, you know. Oh, I love like the fluffy ones. Oh, I know, like a little love... pink sparkly one. Oh. We're all yes. sort of slightly trying to avoid getting to the stalking, aren't we? We're like, let's talk about pencil cases for a bit longer. Let's talk about pencil cases. Did you have the friends pencil case? I have that one. It really sets the scene for what an innocent age that yeah. is. Yeah. Like, yeah. It is like, what do yeah. you go for? Something to hold my writing implements, please. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and a matching folder, of course. Nice. Oh, yeah, good stuff. Um. Yeah, so I was there and I was looking at it and then I felt, I was like really quiet. It wasn't a busy store. And like, I remember feeling like someone was really close behind me. And then I felt my little, my little denim skirt, like lifting up. Oh, and I was like, God. oh my God. And I like froze. Oh. I just walked away around oh, the other God. side of the aisle. And, um, and I could see his like eyes looking through <gasps> the slats in the thing. And I was like, oh, oh my God. No. So I just grabbed my friend and I was like, we've, we've got to go. Yeah. Um, and then we went downstairs, went outside and just kept going into different shops along this high street. And every time I turned around, I could see that he was following me. Oh, and oh this, he was probably about late 40s. Um, he was quite short and he was wearing just like kind of like a, I don't know, like all beige clothing. And he had like uh, a comb over. Just like oh, oh. if you imagined a creepy man. Yeah, like a classic. Yeah. Yeah. Like not to judge wearers of beige, but there's something, <laughs> yeah. there's something about comb over. <laughs> Yeah, um, oh, and this ha- this continued for like maybe half an hour, and I was just getting really freaked oh, out. That's terrifying. Yeah, and then I went, uh, and I I think either my mum told me she was back in WH Smith, so I was like, I'm gonna go and find her because my mum's really scary. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I went up, and I just like burst into tears. I was like, There's a man following me. Oh. And as I'd gone up the escalator to, to meet her, she turns, and that he's coming up the escalator behind him. I don't think he anticipated that my mum was going to be at the top of it. Ooh. And she went because like my mum is very like, so they live in Banstead and they're in, they're Surrey folk and they're very like, well spoken <laughs> and calm. But she grew up in Tooting, so. <laughs> Nice. <laughs> Suddenly she's like, You fucking think that's funny, do ya? And she was like chasing and he was like, nice. <laughs> He just like sped walk out and she's like chasing him down the stairs. Excellent. It was a whole thing, yeah. Awful. Obviously we went to the police. Oh um, great. Yeah, and they were the first time I reported it, it was like they were really helpful and really nice and they were like, Yeah, yeah it's really good that you stopped it before it went any further, da da da. Um and then I actually saw him again, maybe oh, like a couple of months later. He was Yikes. doing it to someone else. Oh, I fucking saw, yeah, oh I saw him in Superdrug following this girl and he caught eyes with me and then he left. Um, and I'd been given a crime number, you know, when you get a reference yeah. number. Yeah, yeah. And so I was like, I was like shocked. And then I rang it and I honestly, this is awful. So I rang it and this woman answered. I told her what happened um, and she said, what do you want me to do about it? <gasps> You're fucking kidding. Oh, no. And as like a thirteen year old, I was like, my just my faith was shattered that Jeez. the police could help. It was awful. And then I told my mum, and she called that number, and she. Went, oh, <laughs> <laughs> and then they got the tooting treatment. And yeah, then, yeah. And then I had a very polite phone call back, and they wanted to take my full statement. Oh <laughs> wow! Good. How I does know. that person have a job doing that? Same this is some time wow. ago now i wonder if she's still there but i hope she wasn't there like that afternoon like yeah I think that's, that's like, like you're a fucking kid i was a child like, i know yeah that's crazy and reporting yeah. a predator you know what i mean like this isn't just someone stole no, my pencil like... case yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah this is gonna help you catch a bad guy i know horrible. and then you will get like you know pats on the back like yeah. i'm helping you do your job exactly exactly also, it was like yeah. in actually like, it was happening at the time did you call like from the so it's like what yeah. do you want me to do about it it's like it's literally <laughs> fucking happening yeah like, like, one he's job. Here. <laughs> 
Yeah, send just someone. Like, I have a location and I have the yeah. suspects. Yeah. So. Oh, and yes. I was like, oh, sorry. It's so <laughs> yeah, upsetting. I know. Like, sorry, I didn't mean to bring the tone down. No, guys. no, no. <laughs> it's because this is it. Because also, like, I, I think it's brilliant that you went to the police to yeah. start with and that you rang the number because, like, so many, this happens to so many people and they don't go to the police. And maybe yeah. they're picturing that lady on the phone. Yeah. Um, but, like, it's really important because then you've got the crime statistics because this is a crime and it needs to be dealt with. It needs to be taken seriously. And it re- and and we and also that's so sad because I mean there's so many re- we can't unpack all the reasons why this is sad yeah but like we sometimes get emails from like people that work for the police that are like oh we're really you know we that that person that said this that wouldn't happen now we all work really hard we all take mm-hmm. this really seriously we think we're doing a good job actually because sometimes we're like oh god the police what are yeah, they yeah, yeah. and like and and then it's really upsetting because there are all these people that really are working hard and then there'll be some dickhead on a phone One that's person. like ruining it for mm-hmm. like all these diligent yeah. people that want to yeah. catch the bad guys definitely and it totally like made my in my opinion of the police like it did shatter it a little bit growing yeah. up I was a bit like yeah so of course oh man and then did you ever see him again or like no. oh um once he was getting the bus oh I did see God. him but I was I was much older at that point and I and I think he saw me and thought I'm not gonna because <laughs> at that like... point yeah, yeah I was probably like 18 at that point and I was like yeah. You could take him as well. Yeah. Like, what we need is your mum to just grab him by the ear and frog march him to the police station. Like, oh, that's just what needs to happen. Yeah. yeah. Do you know, like, was he ever, because it sounds like he was a complete repeat offender. Like, yes. did you sort of, like, in the local paper or anything, did you ever see that he had been sort of reprimanded for it? Because. Nope. Oh, man. No, you see, that's I know. It, it feels like all you need to do is kind of send a, um, you know, send a policeman into town like because mm. it sounds like he's doing it all the time yeah. in shops like he yeah. has yeah. a kind of yeah it's covered yeah yeah it just it seems yeah it seems crazy it but, shouldn't um, be so hard to bring down mr beige yes <laughs> <Mr. Beige. laughs> that's the bottom line it really yeah. shouldn't yeah oh, it's man. crazy we um we always ask on this podcast if you had the perps in custody now um what would you say to him Oof, I don't know if I'd use my words. I want to hit him. Yeah. You're allowed to hit him in our jail. <laughs> you really are. I would like to take some sort of like, not hard enough that I would then be arrested. Like, <laughs> <laughs> maybe like a, uh, maybe like a, I don't know, like a pepper grinder or a. Okay. <laughs> something that might be around like a. Yeah. <laughs> and what do you think? Just... What prison do you think this is? You think like more pepper on your gruel, sir? I know that people in prison don't eat gruel. That. But... <laughs> I just realised that I'm thinking of basically near my parents' house. There's a jail. It's got a restaurant in it called The Clink. And so the prisoners do actually cook food. So oh, I was wow. thinking like, oh, yeah, they probably have all these cooking utensils just like lying around. Um, I've never been there. So you can go and eat at The Clink. Yeah. And high prisoners... down. High down prison. Yeah. So if you want, I'm, I'm plugging high down prison. Please. <laughs> Can I, I just give a shout out, please, to my favourite prison? <laughs> <laughs> what a great idea! Yes. See, I, yeah. would have, I would have just assumed that, like, maybe in your sh- in your vision on the Zoom call, there's like some salt and pepper. But the fact that we've got a restaurant recommendation is even better. <laughs> yeah. Of all the ways I thought this story was going to end, it's yeah. not with a restaurant recommendation. <laughs> in a prison, <laughs> pepper is good chef. though. That can be hefty. That can be mm, hefty, yeah. and maybe some fragments go in the eyes. Pepper yeah. in the eyes. He'll you be know. sneezing. You know. Yeah, the crying mm, be unpleasant yeah. for five minutes. To this. Yeah, <laughs> I probably beat him. Yeah, I don't think I have any words apart from just how dare you. Yeah, hundred yeah, percent. And also really. like the fact, like at the beginning of the story, like he touched you, and I that just mm. absolutely. I mean, that sort of takes it to a completely different. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah, That's this, full on assault. Yeah, like, it's like mm. yeah, the mm. fact more wasn't done is really like. Yeah. Then, yeah, yeah, yeah. But this is like even Taylor Swift struggled to get justice. <laughs> that guy yeah. that pinched her ass. Yeah, exactly. So like, what was I going to get with the denim skirt being slightly lifted? You know. <laughs> but mm. now we have justice. Well, mm. okay, we we'll eventually we'll track this guy down. But mm. we have cathartic justice. Yes, cathartic justice. <laughs> <laughs> it's nearly as good. We yeah. 
it does sound like he's a repeat offender and he does need to be caught because yeah. he's picking vulnerable people that don't have mums that can chase him down. Yeah, exactly. I'm lucky she was there. Yeah, that's full on. Mm-mm. And there was a little bit of like, um, maybe from the police side of like, oh, what were you wearing? <gasps> There was, wow. and I was wearing I was wearing a denim skirt with uh, over the knee socks that had rainbow stripes on them. I was a child, because, yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like I was fucking like twelve, thirteen. Like of course I was wearing something stupid, yeah. but like. And and like you're allowed to wear that, but yeah, of course I should be allowed to wear that without you know inviting a predator. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, no. oh, that's fuck that argument. There are so many really good memes that are dealing with that. Like, yes, we're not gonna. We're not even gonna unpack that. No, right now. no, we don't the need to. Enough said. We've <laughs> got, got this, and our audience is already like sold. On, yeah, like, the whole concept. Like preaching to the choir. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't wait to have violent pepper grinder dreams tonight because I know I will. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm excited. Now it's time. Drunk women solving crime. So I have a case and um, none of us know anything about it, or do you? <laughs> so now this case that we're going to be discussing involves a murder, it involves a king, and it involves a scandal that rocked an entire country to its core. Um, it's got everything. Apart from women, there are no speaking parts for chicks in this case. Um <laughs> But you can't have okay. everything, you woke snowflakes. So, um, <laughs> so okay. Detective Sasshole <laughs> in the house. Here she is. <laughs> no speaking um, parts. So I'm going to start this story with someone being made an understudy. And my question to you is, what profession were they an understudy to? Oh, I thought you could only be an understudy as an actress. Yeah, I thought that okay. that was where the word understudy um, came from. Same. So we have acting. Yeah, Any... that's the only context that I know that term. Because otherwise, what else yeah. could you replace? Like, yeah. no, you write the novel. <laughs> <laughs> I I have a cough. <laughs> understudy? Could it be anything to do with studying? So. Okay. No, you know what? Um, Cool Hannah is the closest. (laughs) Are we sticking with this title? I'll mix it up so I don't insult Island Hannah too much. (laughs) (laughs) They're an understudy to the profession of the Archbishop of Canterbury. Oh, wow. So the Archbishop of Canterbury has uh, an An understudy. understudy. Is it actually called an understudy? Yes. That's hilarious. Or at least really? it definitely was, because my next question is, what year is this? 1680. 1680? <laughs> I reckon that's a good guess. Yeah, I feel like the Archbishop of Canterbury has been around for a while. <laughs> yeah, he's so right? old, right? Oh, yeah. you know? <laughs> how does he do it? Like, yeah. <laughs> um, that's how Canterbury feels. Like, <laughs> you're just like... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if he's changed recently, but I know there was one called Rowan Williams, and I always got him confused with Rowan Atkinson. Rowan Atkinson. And, I, yeah. Yeah. and I was like, when did Mr. Bean become the. Like, well, because Rowan Atkinson used to do a bit where he pretended to be a vicar, so it's very confusing. <laughs> that might be, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, but I'm going to go a little bit later than Cool Hannah, I think. I'm going to go. <laughs> That's more when I say it. It's so um, funny when, actually, like, when other Hannah calls. <laughs> cool Hannah, Cool Because I don't have to. If I say Hannah, you don't you know, know what you're yeah. talking about. <laughs> um, I'm going to say 1912. Oh, oh, Titanic. Very nice. Classic. She's back so, doing a classic. <laughs> the date that popped into my head was 1780. Okay, in that case. Cool Hannah is the closest again, oh. but actually still quite far away. The year is 1150. Oh, <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Nowhere near then. Okay. That was my victory. Uber historic. We're in the 12th is century. Is this the wow. oldest case then? Uh, I actually think it might be. I did the actually. one where Katie got really uh, mad at the fact that people took um, animals to court. That was and I really believe old. something happened in like, <laughs> yeah. like, happened in, like 10 something. <laughs> but this is definitely in the realms of the, the oldest one we've ever done. Yeah, Ooh. it's up there, if not. Um, Honoured. So 
I'm going to cut to the chase, you guys. The understudy to the Archbishop of Canterbury that we are discussing is a little-known guy called Thomas Beckett. Mm. And you may have heard of him from Off of History. Um, Now, we tend not to pick famous cases, but this one is so old, it has dinner at (laughs) 5pm. Thank you, I'm here all week. Uh, I didn't know this is who Thomas Beckett was. Okay. Do you know what I mean? Like, I know the name and I would have said, like, he's an 18th century author. (laughs) Didn't he do a tour called Wallop recently? I'm Rob Beckett. Okay, Rob Beckett. (laughs) You know what? We'll get, we'll get, uh, your questions will be answered in time. is murdered. Yes. But we don't know anything else. Well, you might do if you know history. (laughs) I I repeat. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so yeah, so this is super famous. A lot of people obviously already know this case, but it has such drama in it that I just thought it was worth exploring. In a fun true crime kind of way. Do you know what? I'm with Taylor. I don't know much. I've heard of Thomas Beckett, but I I do not know much about mm. him at all. Same. Okay. But now the 12th century, though. <laughs> I mean, that is my foresight. I think this is going to be one of those cases where you're like, oh, I did know that by the end. You know, no, it's going to fill in some sure. blanks of like some I think famous. You'll be pleasantly surprised by my ignorance, Katie. <laughs> it's going to well, be fun. We'll see. We'll see. Like a lot of this. I think his direct inspiration for Game of Thrones. So we shall see. Thomas Beckett was born in Cheapside in London in 1119 or possibly 20. His dad was a merchant, but he was rich enough for, to buy Thomas a good education. So they're sort of the social climbers in a very demarcated um, situation. Although, of course, a good education then is like, this is the sun and we think it's always there. <laughs> I'm decent education in the 1100. I know. I mean, they've no got... one's safe from Taylor Glenn. <laughs> they've got, they've got books, Taylor. Jesus. Uh, but yeah, basically, he's very clever and he ends up with lots of opportunities and he's very good at diplomacy and he rises through the ranks and he gets this gig as the understudy to the Archbishop of Canterbury in about 1150. He's probably about 30 years old. He's been abroad. He's done all sorts. Now, he has this position for 12 years. But before we get to what happens after those 12 years, I'll just let you know, he does a lot. So while he's being an understudy, he's like doing on important missions. He's got jobs, responsibilities. He goes to Rome. Um, And during this time, this 12 years of his, oh, I'm in the understudy, he gets introduced to King Henry II and they get on really well and they develop a very close, great friendship. And King Henry loves what a clever guy Beckett is. He's so great at decisions. He's so great at diplomacy. He's an all-round lad. He's a good egg. He really likes him. And so that is how much um, King Henry II loves Thomas Beckett they they've got this very close friendship they get on really well and he loves him so much he gives him a new job so uh thomas beckett is still the understudy to the archbishop of canterbury and he gets given this new job by his new best friend Mm. uh king henry the second so my question is what job do you think king henry the (laughs) second gives thomas beckett i'd love it if it's really shit (laughs) Just like literally, like <laughs> emptying the chamber pots, old boy. Like yeah. thinking that's such—it's an honor. It's an honor. It's, it's royal an honor. piss. I'm thinking I, of like yeah. you know in um, Blackadder when they make whoever they don't like be the executioner. Oh yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's a good one. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Oh man. Yeah, because you're thinking of actually back in the olden timey days, there can't be that many jobs. No. Um, but also what's what I'm thinking is that if he was the understudy to the Archbishop of Canterbury, mm-hmm. then it maybe it's a, a, like a vicary kind of role, okay. if you see what I mean, like a religious role. So is he maybe like the, uh, that he makes him the, the vicar of his church? <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, <laughs> I don't know. Does he make him like his own personal uh, vicar? Oh, that's nice. Like yeah. I see popes. where you're going. He, does he do something for the Pope? Okay. Like, That's why I went to Rome. Pope's soap. <laughs> now, these are all excellent guesses. Are they? Um, even Pope's soap. <laughs> <laughs> if anything, that's the best one. <laughs> like, um, but um, they are not correct. What he, it goes in a slightly different direction. He 
gives him the job of being the chancellor. Oh. Now, that is like ba- almost the exact opposite of um, being religious because the way that everything is structured in these days being the chancellor so henry makes beckett the chancellor in in 1155 um but the the chancellor's job is to make sure that all the rich landowners and churches give the king money Uh so it's actually a little bit at odds with being the understudy to the archbishop of canterbury you might say there's a conflict of interest but, you know, he yeah, gets a little giving with one hand, taking with the other. Yeah, it's yeah. a little bit, oh, okay. Um, so he's yeah. almost like a bailiff. I mean, I suppose you're the yeah. chancellor, aren't you? So you're not the actual I mean, one that goes and the takes the chancellor not but... a bailiff? Well, um, yeah. But yes. So he's still doing his archdeaconing. He's understudying. He can multitask. He's got a little side hustle. But in 1162, Theobald of Beck, the Archbishop of Canterbury, dies. Dun, dun, dun. And that means he's got the gig. Well, he could have the gig. And in yes, correct answer, King Henry II <laughs> gives him the gig. He was the understudy. Um, but yes, he gives that job to Beckett. So Thomas Beckett's election to the post of Archbishop of Canterbury is confirmed on the 23rd of May, 18... No, not 1862. I bet I've said loads of dates wrong. <laughs> 1162. Funny. My brain does not work. Uh, <laughs> by a royal council of bishops and noblemen. These are two major jobs. This is no longer a side hustle. This is the start of the troubles. So cool uh, Hannah is making some cool notes over I there. I love it. <laughs> I love that we have another note taker. I love Neat. the idea that it's like 18 and then crossed out. No. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, because I'm like, yeah, this was. is like if your history teacher had been drunk all the time. <laughs> Which yeah. maybe yours was. I had a um, French teacher, actually. Oh, wow. Yeah, and he had his own little office that was right off of the classroom, oh, so man. no one ever monitored him. And he'd come out of there and be like, whoa, look. Oh, wow. <laughs> and, and was he like, je suis, oh no, wait, je pas, oh shit. <laughs> it was like this weird frenetic monologue. He would just go like, hmm? <laughs> <laughs> oh man, so I love weird. he tried to just pass it off as being French. Just being oh, French. Yeah, just really like, I'm Making quirky. French noises. <laughs> yeah. Oh, do you not understand me? I'm full of ennui. <laughs> Sorry to all our French listeners. I actually think I actually think France is better than England. Mm. Now I've alienated our English <laughs> listeners. Oh, it's a whole political quagmire. <laughs> My English teacher was a drunk. If that helps, so now we've completely We're all the same. No one is special. We're all drunk. At the end um, of the day, we're all self-medicating. And yes, yes. Yes, we are. Say mm. um, especially for some reason. <laughs> it's been a really long day, you guys. Anyway, this is the start of the troubles. Quick facts about this time. The Church of England does not yet exist. Christianity basically means Catholic and also Greek Orthodox, and that means under the control of Rome. So there is some friction between kings ruling their countries, but still having to follow the rules of the Catholic Church, which they uh-huh. are not in charge of. It's a huge thing. Now, some people thought it was controversial for one person to have these two jobs, Chancellor and Archbishop, because that is a conflict of interest. Mm -hmm. But King Henry thought it was a genius and shrewd move on his part, because then his busy mate is running the church stuff, and he thinks that that means the royal family will be able to control the church much better, because there's obviously been a bit of a power struggle there. Mm. Okay. But there is a problem for King Henry II. Question, what is that problem? It's something that happens now. It's not like, oh, it's a is, fact that you should have known. There is, is a problem. Bitcoin just fluctuating. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, should I? Shouldn't I? Is it that? That's chancellorship, okay, so we have right? Bitcoin chancellors dealing with Bitcoin. Any advance from the two Hannahs? <laughs> God, what's happening now that would have happened in 11? Well, it's not even, it's, it's more, okay, I'll give you a clue. It's more, what does, what does Thomas Beckett do? Or feel that becomes a, that is a problem for Henry. Oh, is he too moral about it? Like he cares about the people. Well, I and don't Henry's know about the people. Like, this is not ding, what ding, I had ding, ding. He becomes sorry to cut off the Hannahs. I'm just going to run with Taylor's correct answer. <laughs> yeah, he goes super religious. 
Oh, right. Okay. So okay. these two could have gone either way, but he lends yes, into religion. These are these okay. two things, and you couldn't have predicted this. But Thomas takes his role as Archbishop of Canterbury so seriously that mm. he quits his job of Chancellor to mm. focus on the religious stuff. You can't it's, have it all. You can't have it all, guys. And there's all kinds of stories about him wearing a hair shirt. You know, the kind of the Catholic sort of punishment. There's like it's called a hair shirt. Yeah, so it's so trying to scratch you. Yes, it's like super itchy, and it's okay, so doing I was penance. a cheerleader, and the the acrylic <laughs> sweater was very similar. <laughs> I'm just saying, I can relate. I mean, I don't know if the spelling is N N. Yes, described as an aesthetic, A-S-C-E-T-I-C, but that is like somebody that is super religious and um, does all the, like takes it super seriously, basically. Um, So now there's a rift between him and his best friend of 12 years, King Henry II. Now, Henry is very disgruntled that his mate isn't doing everything he wants and he doesn't have absolute power over the church like he wanted. And not only that, but Thomas is literally opposing some of what he wants to do. So it's like even worse than he could have possibly thought. So just to give you an example of what this might look like, there is one of the issues is who gets to try clergymen who are accused of crimes because it could be a secular court or it could be a royal... Sorry, it could be secular or it could be a religious court. Wow. Okay. So they're literally fighting over who gets to, I'm assuming, try paedophiles, but like, probably not called that, is it? But, but whatever, if, if a clergyman has done a crime, who yeah. get, who is trying him? Mm-hmm. The court of Rome or the court of whatever. Right. Right. So right. there's all of this going on. Um, so there's back and forth. Henry's trying to loosen the ties to Rome. He wants clerical independence, but every other cleric is on board except Beckett. They want to sign this new contract with Rome and then they really fall out. Henry tries to charge Thomas Beckett with contempt of royal authority and Beckett storms out of the court. Um, now I it's just 11 hate rifts between like best friends. I don't know. Did he like throw his best friend necklace back at him? <laughs> and, um, like... Oh my God. Hannah, seriously, like that is what happened. 1164. No. <laughs> he threw his hair shirt back Thomas at him. Thomas Beckett, he storms out of the court. <laughs> and and he's afraid it for scratches. his life. <laughs> it's lit, but seriously, people make fun of of you know Glee, but that is that it, it is that it's that I'm leaving. Okay, maybe not Glee specifically, but like some you know high school thing. That is sort of what is happening here. Yeah, I like it. You'd have to be heightened, wouldn't you, back in those days? Because you'd never like. Because everything would just be sort of like, they'd say, oh, my God, do you hear what happened? Mm. And like, you'd have to be, I suppose, quite loud and quite sort of theatrical in the things that you did. Just because you only get to see them once, like nobody catches it on a camera phone. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? I kind of feel like... Yeah, so you just yeah. have to live your life more dramatically. Yeah. And people will notice you. You're yeah. Not, yeah. You're not going to go viral, so you have to shout the whole time. <laughs> So, yeah, so he storms out, drama style. Love it. Um, he's afraid for his life. It's a, it's a, Now, my question is, what does he do? He's just fallen out with the king of the country he lives in. Mm. It's 1164. You're afraid for your life. What do you do? What does he do? Flee. Flee? Yes. <laughs> Don't know where, but flee. Across well, another country. He, yeah. Yes. Does he go and, to Rome? Okay, we've got flee. I, we've got Rome. I think he just like gets stuck into like a Ben and Jerry's or something. When I have an argument, with everyone, my BFF. everyone except Hannah George is right. Oh. <laughs> he flees not to Rome. Sorry, Taylor was half there. He flees to France. Oh. He lives under the protection of King Louis the Seventh in France. He stays okay. in this abbey for like two years. I deliberately did not write down the name of the abbey because I knew I would not be able to pronounce it, but it's there. <laughs> and king henry and him are still at it they're sending each other threats by like courier pigeons that oh take God. three weeks to get there yeah <laughs> you have um, to stay angry for all of that time honestly <laughs> they're doing like they're having a whatsapp yeah, right. spat like yeah. hair oh shirt God. made you look like shit <laughs> yeah everyone thinks you're a dick god damn it i spelled hair shirt wrong <laughs> go get the pigeon it's too late drunk women solving crime 
would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Then Beckett tries to threaten King Henry II with excommunication. Now, at some point with all this drama within in this two years, somebody steps in to try and calm things down. Question, who steps in to try and calm things down? Well, it's not a woman, because we already know women do not There are no women in this story that have speaking parts. <laughs> I feel like Louis is the only other person that we've talked about. Oh, okay. Um, King Louis the Seventh. I love that as well, how you can just, like, back in the old-timey days, you could just be like, I guess I'm going to go and be best friends with another king. Like, <laughs> yeah. do you know what I mean? It's like, how do you just suddenly just go to France and be like, do you know what? Can someone hook me up with Louis? Because, uh, no, me and kings, we have a thing. They, they, li- yeah, they yeah. like me. They like me. They like <laughs> they my decision-making. <laughs> Is it 100% cotton sheets in the Abbey? (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to say the Pope, because I'm just going to keep saying the Pope. Okay. Any difference from you, Cool Hannah? I don't know any other people that would be alive in that time. (laughs) Okay. You know Don't know any of the names. <laughs> yeah, and that's fair enough. So Taylor then. Glenn is 100% correct. It's the ah, fucking Pope. Wow. Oh, wow. Yeah. The Pope steps in. When the Pope is the voice of reason, you know it's the 12th century. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's when his views made sense, almost. Now, um, this is Pope Alexander III. He pops around. They hang out. Now, the Pope is sympathetic to Beckett, but he thinks that there's a more diplomatic way of doing it. So in 1170, the Pope sends some of his papal delegates to arbitrate and they promise a solution. It's a compromise. And this allows Thomas to return from exile back to England. They had PayPal back then? (laughs) (laughs) It's a home run for Glenn. That was incredible. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, he gets to uh, pay off his PayPal. He gets to... (laughs) It gets locked for three fucking months for no reason. Um, And then then it's all fine (laughs) and he's back. Bish, bash, bosh, job done. And that is a quote from the Pope. Um, (laughs) And it's great. They're about to be friends, but they just can't seem to stop pissing each other off. So things escalate again. Oh, I know. It's really sad. Question, what do you think happens next that they do that annoys each other? Or what do you think might have happened while this was going on that could contribute to um, them falling out again? Go go wild. Go outside the box, because actually this might not be the best question. But if you can guess anything remotely l- close to it, I will be like, yes, very, very good. What did they used to have back in those times? They had, like, chickens and stuff, didn't they? They had chickens. They had chickens. Maybe they stole it all, like... <laughs> I don't know. Okay. No, do you know what? I like, I like how you're thinking, Hannah Cunningham. And I will give you a clue. Livestock. Um, oh, can I have a... I mean, like, was there, like, maybe was there a war? That seems to be a oh. thing that kind of... Because I was thinking, like... Um, 
oh, 1066 happened. But then I'm like, we're beyond 1066 now, aren't we? We're <laughs> 1066 a, won't help you now, Island Hannah. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking, I know one war, it's the 1066 one, and that doesn't help me. But war seems to be a thing that can sort All of come right. between, between gonna go people, war. guys. Taylor, anything to add? Do they start dating the same woman? Because <laughs> it feels oh, like that's the man. next. So just to compound everything. No, okay. So nobody quite got it. Now, I will tell you what happened. While Thomas was away in exile, King Henry II got his oldest son coronated. I was going to say they have livestock, but they have family. But anyway, we don't need that clean <laughs> So um, he gets his oldest son coronated, so he's the young king. And it's something they used to do, oh, like naming, yeah. a success, naming a successor, because he's the oldest, you know, he will he's the heir. Um, it didn't, fun fact, not fun fact, terrible fact, it didn't happen in the end because that kid died before his dad died. Uh-huh. Um, so he was not the next king. Oh, okay. um, a different son became the king. But he, uh, this is something they used to do. They used to coronate the earliest born to sort of, make succession easier with less fighting potential for fighting yes. but he wasn't killed he just died he just died of okay. sickness it wasn't a joffrey situation no either. no he was ill someone performed this sacred uh coronation ceremony for the king for the young king who wasn't thomas beckett and beckett was not happy about that and he fucking kicks off he gets back and he fires Uh everyone involved in the ceremony and it's terrible because you know officially they were friends and thomas is back in canterbury cathedral and he sacks off all of these people that did the ceremony that actually king henry ii was very happy about so it is December when this happens, um, and now King Henry II is actually off on holiday in France, possibly with Louis VII. I don't know what Louis VII thinks about what's going on, uh, but he's on holiday in France when this news reaches him that Thomas has sacked everyone that did this ceremony for him. It's like I'm picturing he was just sitting down with a mulled wine. He hears that this has happened. It's like... I don't know, like National Royal Lampoon's Christmas. Can I not just have a nice time without something going wrong? But um, I feel so- like Thomas has having like some on the job stress. Mm. Yeah, it and does. I don't know if there's some sort of employee assistance counseling program. It feels like Thomas is sort of being the aggressor at this point. But like, um, I love a man with principles, but just like, calm, calm down, Becky. It feels like he's gone too far. Like, who's he trying to prove this to? <laughs> the King Henry II hears this news. Now, this, you guys, is where we have the famous line: when he hears this news about all of his priests being sacked, and. I don't know if you guys know this famous line. Uh, Shit. (laughs) (laughs) Shit, my priests. All my priests. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. Uh, All my priests is close. Um, Where are my priests at? Closer. (laughs) (laughs) That's closer. Oh, oh, no, I've got nothing. I've got absolutely nothing. What if I give you the first word? Go on. Who? Who the fuck is going to replace them? <laughs> I Who mean, okay. Dost thou forsake me, Lord? Okay. Wait, this is from the Bible. Oh, I'm... is it? Is it? Who <laughs> do you think you are? Do you think you are? You, was it that? You know what? That was beautiful. Ooh, oh, you, there's so I many am, songs. I'm going to go ahead and assume we're not going to get there. And I will tell you the famous line. Who, who will... No. Oh, shit, you guys. Who will rid me of these troublesome priests? Yes. Or thingies? Everything yes. Else? Was that yes. it? Yes. 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 Cunningham is correct. Um, there are different versions of this. Who will rid me of this turbulent priest? Will no one rid me of this turbulent priest? I've never heard it. Hilariously, that is not even correct. That is the showbiz version, that it's the famous version. History buffs know that isn't actually what he said, just to show that I did proper research. But also um, mad props to Cool Hannah for getting that, because I've never... Yes, Cool Hannah! Yeah. <laughs> that was very... Yes, like, I'm, I'm a big Black Hatter fan, so... Yeah! <laughs> <It's in there. laughs> 
And that is all you I need for it. this podcast. Yeah, it's all my history knowledge is in that. If it's not in those decades, I don't know anything. That is perfect. Do you know what? I've got such an urge to watch the Scarlet Pimpernel episode again. And I just like, I'm like, is that, can I stream that? Do I need to yeah. find a DVD in it's, a box? No, it's can all on BBC iPlayer. <gasps> BBC iPlayer! Yeah. I'm watching it tonight. Right. Do you know what? I think that like Lord Flashheart is why I kind of have always like fancied like stand up <laughs> comedians. Like Definitely. I genuinely think that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I that mean, kind no, of confidence. It's, it's very sexual, <laughs> very sexual. And the only time Rowan Atkinson's ever been hot is season two, in like when he's like in the Elizabethan era, you know. Yes, like that's the only time he was hot, and then obviously never I again. Absolutely, see <laughs> no where you're going with that. No, there was the kind of the highbrow kind of uh, yeah. that was working for him. Mm. I hear you. I hear you. Mm. It was. I agree. Mm. My husband made me watch it as part of my acclimatization program <laughs> he's like, to the UK. Watch this. yeah and i'm like it's okay. like in um in clockwork orange he was like you have to watch all of this stuff and then you can live in this weird country <laughs> that was me because he didn't put eye drops in it was very uncomfortable oh i'm so oh, sorry oh, yeah i just alternated father ted and black adder and tried to fit in <laughs> That's what you need. I, I get it now. And then, like, every conversation, are you right there, Ted? <laughs> like, just the odds are that will that'll cover it. Um, anyway, anyway, just to cover our backs for the serious historians, according to historian Simon Sharma, what he actually said was, what miserable drones and traitors have I nourished and brought up in my household? Who let their lord be treated with such shameful contempt by a low-born cleric? But that doesn't have the razzle dazzle. That's very different. <laughs> it's so different. Yeah, yeah it's, it's a totally different longer. conversation. It's not a fun Blackadder moment, so it doesn't work. Also, oh. I think it really backs up the idea that people like shouted their shit back then because yes. they have such like a kind of yeah. specific. They've written down what that was. Like loads of people heard it. Someone must have written it down because oh, what a long it's... way to say it as well. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. like it's... mostly people would just be like, "Fuck's sake!" Like you wouldn't go through like. <laughs> like really long yeah like these days it's all about the eye roll yeah. like they had so much time on their hands about yeah. <laughs> like, um four nights here the king say this this is might be where you guys know what happens these four nights hatch a plan question what is the knight's plan to murder the priest yeah it is yes. <laughs> Cool Hannah is mm. on it. Mm. Um, so now their original plan was to arrest Thomas to win favour with the king. They speed off to Canterbury. Um, you know, they're in France. It takes a while. They arrive at Canterbury Cathedral. <gasps> in Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> They are exhausted, sweaty. They need liquids. Uh, it's a whole bit. I assume but, everyone wore metal all the time. Yeah, so it's very, I mean, very sweaty. It's a good point. They'll have all that um, stuff from duty free that they'll want to just like get in the fridge. Like, and... They want to eat that Toblerone before it melts. <laughs> <laughs> Although it's not going to melt in England, is it? Uh, now, it's December. They arrive at Canterbury Cathedral in the afternoon evening which means that monks are singing the evening prayers. All kinds of people are milling around. They find Thomas and they confront him. They want to arrest him and take him to Winchester. Question, does Thomas Beckett agree to go with them? Of course he doesn't. No. No from Taylor? Hannah Cunningham is shaking her head. No. Oh, someone would have said something really fucking long, but like the short answer is no. (laughs) (laughs) You are all correct. He does not agree. That's also the I'll give you the short paraphrase version. He's like, Wev's mate, not coming. Um, now, the knights are cross with him. They're like, chain of command, mate. If you don't come with us, you're basically a traitor because you're disagreeing with the king. So they go off. Now, when you come into Canterbury Cathedral, you have to leave your weapons outside. They had done that. They go back to get their weapons to come back and get him um, mm. because they'd left their weapons outside the cathedral. But while they're doing that, Thomas tries to go to a safer part of the cathedral. But before he can get there, they come back and they challenge him again. And now they've got weapons. Doesn't seem like much of a system if you can just go back out and get them. <laughs> I mean, like painting the 12th, <laughs> yeah. 12th century, we've got some issues. <laughs> 
but yeah, now there are different accounts of this, but basically I've pieced together and many other historians have. What happened was this. Beckett says, do you mean to kill me? And they go, yeah, actually, because you're a traitor. And he says, I'm not a traitor and I'm not afraid to die. And then in one account, he's praying. In another account, he's hugging a pillar. In another account, he does this like cross blessing thing. Uh, but basically, he's praying. He's being a religious yeah. man. Yeah. Um, now, I don't know if I need to say trigger warning, but this is history. They strike him from behind and the first strike cuts the top of his head off, but like a scalping kind oh, of yeah. cutting the top of his head off. Yikes. Okay. Um, he apparently keeps kind of praying. Impressive. Mm. Um, they strike him several more times and they cut his head off he falls forwards and dies Uh, there is a lot of blood and there are a lot of witnesses to this it is very shocking it is a brutal murder in a sacred place to me, though, um, I'm just thinking, like, it sounds a bit like when you take the top off a boiled egg. I would have seen that. <laughs> it well, is I'd that. Have been like, oh, I mean, dip sank in if there. we want to kind of lighten yeah. the mood, does that help everyone picture well, a boiled egg? Boiled Were egg. they trying head? to cut his head off and they just had terrible aim? Well, they're just, yeah. They're they just were just hacking yeah. at him. They just start hacking at him. But, but then genuinely... the second blow takes it off, right? Like, they don't I go, think like, layer by layer. I think it's the third <laughs> blow. It's the third blow. that I think the second blow, like, in his head and then the third bloke actually takes the head off mm. like and i can i went to um you can see a... how this would be a little monty python though like half <laughs> <laughs> i mean just the mouth is left like god do it already yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a flesh wound this is a very religious time everyone's anti-murder you guys <laughs> mm. Um, but it, and it's a super big sin to kill someone while they're praying because I don't like you got that's like the mm. plot line of Hamlet. I knew this, but I wrote it down because I knew I knew I wouldn't remember everyone's names. But Hamlet hesitates to kill Claudius in Act Three because Claudius appears to be praying, and Hamlet fears that if Claudius dies while praying, when his soul is at its most pure, he will go directly to heaven. And Hamlet wants Claudius to go to hell for his sins, so he doesn't kill him at that point. Oh. But that was a great point to kill Claudius. Mm. And there are repercussions. Anyway, we're so not talking about... So what's the best about... position to kill somebody and so they go to hell? Like they're doggy style or something? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> probably. What's the least holy? In, in, in like this frame of mind. Yeah. There is a huge fallout from this. Big mistake. Huge. It is like pretty woman times a million. The whole of Europe is absolutely shocked and very upset and Becket becomes a martyr within two years. So in 1173, Pope Alexander makes him a saint. Um, and the blowback is so bad that King Henry II, although technically innocent of saying kill this guy, he's implicated. So he has to do penance twice with the Pope in Europe. He has to apologise to somebody in Canterbury Cathedral, like really publicly. It's basically like the Game of Thrones shame walk. Oh. Like he, because he has to apologise to Rome. So he eventually has to execute the people that did it. And he initially didn't want to kill his loyal knights. Oh, and wow. I wrote, I've got, just want to read you what I've got here. Like how Boris didn't want Matt Hancock to resign for breaking lockdown to have an affair. This was topical when I wrote it at the end of June. Because <laughs> <laughs> I sometimes plan cases ahead. You never know what's going to happen. There is a shrine, there are artifacts. It's a huge pilgrim site. And I've got to tell you guys, this really put England on the map in terms of shrines <laughs> like but but we jest but like it's a huge deal it turns out oh. there's tons of miracles the fame really grows um it's this canterbury cathedral becomes one of the top five shrines in the world wow um, and it's one of the biggest pilgrimage sites along with somewhere in i couldn't remember right so somewhere in spain there's rome there's jerusalem and i think lords and then I ran out of time to double check everything. But basically, it's the top five shrines under the hemisphere of the Catholic Church. That's a big wow. deal. Chaucer mm. writes about it. Loads of people are coming. Um, I've done this on the podcast, right? You know, I had to memorize the prologue of the Canterbury Tales in Middle English in high school. Oh, my God. No. Did you? Oh, my God. I don't remember all of it, but I can do a little bit. I must have oh. done this on a different oh, podcast. Oh, please do something. Do Chaucer. Do Chaucer. It's weird because I have the worst memory ever, but this stays in my brain. It's so useful. Awesome. I don't get to bust it out, but here we go. Okay. One that opera with the shore sota, the drought of March hath pierced to the rota and bothered every vein in switch liqueur of which vertu engendered is the floor. One zephyr sake with a sway to breath and spirit hath every holt and hath the tender croppers and the shit. <laughs> <laughs> 
half in the wrong something, half a course, your runner. Oh, I forget it. Oh, and man, smaller that's fours, wow. Nice. Yeah, but slapping all the way to the open ear. And oh. Palmer's for to say can strand, strand, yeah, it's okay. This is like a highbrow version of me going, now this is a story. I have no idea what you said, but it was lovely. Yeah, <laughs> in an American high school, who knows if they I like taught us how to say it properly? They made but... you do that in America. It was like incredible. They made us do it here. It was I remember oh, my man. English teacher would uh, like she read it out loud, like in the accent or what they thought the accent was. <laughs> but like, as I said, she was a drunk, so no. <laughs> So I just, I think it's the accent. <laughs> but I, I do think who teaches you this stuff has such an effect on what you think of it. Because, like, we learned it from such a dry teacher mm. that then went on to have a mental breakdown. And then I met someone at university, because we, we did the Wife of Bath in A-levels. And then this, I met this girl at university and I was like, oh, God, yeah, the Wife of Bath. And she was like, oh, it was amazing. I was like, what? <laughs> and, like, in her teacher had said, oh, so this word means cunt. And basically, the wife of Bath is always talking about how much pleasure she wants. She's had five husbands, and like she wants, like she's getting, she keeps marrying young people, and sure, they hit her, and now she's deaf, but like they really pleasure her, and like, like this, and like it's like that. These are all euphemisms for twat, and like, mm-hmm. and I was like, why didn't I have your teacher? I would have fucking yeah, loved it's really body, about. it's really body stuff. Like, yeah, this is incredible. Hmm. Anyway, we digress. Sorry, grammages. <laughs> This is also Thomas Beckett, Big Shrine. The Tudors trash it all. Henry VIII trashes it all. I God. know. And it's this huge shrine, Catholic Church. He married the Henry VIII's first wife is obviously a devout Catholic. So he's like giving presents. Oh, yeah, love all this. But then he falls out, obviously, with the church in Rome and he wants more power. So like basically a group of his royal agents slash thugs go and trash like they smash the thing to smithereens. Mm. Um, oh, you're take... odd. You're odd, mate. Yeah. <laughs> fucking 600-year-old shrine. Oh, you're fucking odd. Take that. Out. <laughs> That's what we're talking about. And he, oh. like they take all the jewels and marble back to the palace and they burn the body and they throw the ashes to the wind. Oh, my um, God. And they destroy the legacy of Thomas Beckett and they booked with stories about how great Thomas is are defaced and scribbled on or destroyed. Wow. It's like a very much there can only be one Caesar kind of attitude. Oh my gosh. Um, and, but I also think that he saw what happened with like Henry II and he didn't ever want to have to apologise to Rome. I feel like it was like, all right, lesson right. learned. Like, we have to destroy you. Well, but- he's like the original malignant narcissist. Like, <laughs> he just took it to such an extreme because within the laws of the day he could. But like, yeah. you know, Trump would have done everything he did if he could have. Oh my he God. He would have been beheading yeah. people. Fucking and- imagine. Yeah. Oh, I mean, I didn't want to think about what happens in four years but yes that would be terrible <laughs> um well we'll all be underwater so yay we'll be so busy trying to catch fish and it'll be fine um, so but canterbury is still a big favorite with catholics outside of britain and i went to the thomas beckett exhibition at the british museum which is where i got the idea for this case and i've seen the scribbled on books and there's a wax seal there's a, a letter thing and it's Thomas Beckett's wax seal. So you know that his hand put that wax on wow. the thing that we're seeing from 11 whatever. That's cool. Pretty cool. Um, it was really, it was my favourite yeah. of the whole thing. And also I didn't have to feel bad like, well, at least this should be here. This isn't like we should be giving this back to all the countries that this actually <laughs> belongs in. Like all the other museums. Yeah. <laughs> like, like all of those marbles. Yes. <laughs> terrible. Very much should leave. But I'm allowed to look at this wax seal and not feel shame mm-hmm. uh, I so it was amazing I wish when you got like a crotch wax they'd put a little seal on it and they'd just keep it <laughs> <laughs> I'd say like Brazil or... <laughs> that and then when cool. it's opened by I don't know anyway well listen I don't know what to raise a glass to in this case but I'm going <laughs> to say maybe to the Pope solving problems mm, for once <laughs> no cheers Drunk women solving crime. We have just enough time to discuss a listener crime before we can hear more from Hannah. So, we somebody has written to us. Now, this is from 
Renata in Germany, and she says, excitingly, I finally witnessed a petty crime for you to solve. Aww. So we've got our listeners pumped to We're be witnessing crimes. <laughs> and she says, a few weeks ago, a friend and I were walking down a suburban street when we heard an angry sounding yell. We saw two cyclists riding towards our street. The one in front was an elderly man in his 70s and the one in the back was younger, 30s to 40s. As they rounded the corner, the younger cyclist pedalled hard and caught up to the older one and rammed the old man's back wheel. The bikes latched and a bit broke off the old man's bike, so he stopped to pick it up while the younger man rode off. The old man rode off too, but up ahead at the lights, um, the light had turned red, so they had to sit parked next to each other for a solid minute. Oh my god, awkward. Oh, I yes. know. So that is the stuff of awkward dreams. Um, it's so German too. Rules are rules. Yeah, I rammed you, but I'm going to wait at this light. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we get a ticket. <laughs> oh, that's This great. is a proper. So when they it... just peacefully sat side by side at a for, red light. For a solid minute. When it turned, they rode off in separate directions. My friend later translated that the younger man had yelled, you won't get away. What happened here? Oh. Oh, my goodness. Well, so, it, like, what? Like, you, you won't, won't get, away. get away. It sounds like a threat. Like, maybe he'd stolen something. But also, maybe it sounds like they were just having a race. I'm not sure. <laughs> you but won't get like, away. <laughs> grandfather and grandson, little friendly. <laughs> but they don't live in the same house. Nope. <laughs> yeah. And then they had to go different ways. Oh. So the younger guy rammed the older guy. Mm. And yeah. the younger guy is the one who shouted, you won't get away. And he knocked a bit off of his bike. Yeah. So it sounds like the younger one's got beef with the older one. It suggests that maybe it, the older one had already done the ramming <laughs> to the younger one. Yes, it could be <laughs> And then he was like, you won't get away, I'm going to do it to you. And then, it, and then they all yeah. got out of light because they both had rammed each other. <laughs> okay, yeah. so it's kind of even Stevens. We're done. Even uh, Stevens, we and that's why they waited so politely at the traffic mm. lights. They were like, fair like, game. It's equal, <laughs> we can go our separate ways. Yes. And, and justice has been restored. Yeah. Maybe they even shook hands. I don't know. Maybe. Oh. <laughs> Before they drove off down the Autobahn. <laughs> the Autobahn. <laughs> Very good. Thank you. I mean, that makes, more, that makes more sense than anything I can think of right now. It's oh. such a funny, it's such a I funny mean, setup. They but... could, there's so much that could have happened. Could like, happen. they could know each other. They could, maybe, the older guy used to have a comb over and wear beige and go to shops and, they- and you know <laughs> the guy in his 40s 30s yeah. 40s is like i know who you are you mm. won't get away mm. i'm coming for you mm. but we will politely go our separate ways now but you know <laughs> your days know are numbered what point he said you won't get away because if he hits him and then shouts you won't get away that suggests that his kind of like um... that what he's there to do hasn't been done but if he says you won't mm. get away then he grabs him the thing falls off, whatever it is. Then it feels like... Because it feels like by the time they've got to the traffic lights, they'd sort of yes. sorted out their differences. Yeah. They'd calmed down, or at least they didn't want to die on the road, so they had to concentrate. <laughs> I wonder if the older guy had been driving a bit recklessly and maybe, like, blew past the younger guy and he's incensed because he's like, he's, like, twice my age. <laughs> oh, but he did it in a dangerous thing. way. Mm. So he decided to like chase after him you won't get away but then he was shocked that he actually rammed him like i wonder if he was just like couldn't oh, he believe. didn't mean and then this, to ram him and then this piece falls off and he's like oh my god so he was just kind of in shock and the old man's in shock so they're like in shock together at the red light and they're like well Ooh, gotta go that way <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it reminds like, me no. of them um, did anyone ever uh, watch world's wildest police chases Mm. Yeah. Oh, sometimes it was, it was yeah. like an American thing with Sheriff John. I've Bonnell. seen it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and he would. One of his like catchphrases was, "He can't get away." And for some reason, <laughs> it was that because they're always like in Scotland, England, like they kind of do things like that. And then we'll say, um, "So it, to me, it feels like well, it feels like maybe it was the end of a chase because you never, you know, when a chase ensues, like a kind mm. of." You very rarely see sort of the end of the chase. And if it was oh, true, imagine mm. if all of those chases just ended with everyone going home. 
<laughs> well, oh, to be fair, no. we don't know how long they were cycling for. So they could have been cycling yeah. for like hours and they finally get to this last bit and that they're just playing tag true. with their bikes. Yeah. And then they finally... It's, it's just bants between <laughs> friends. It's just bants between a grandfather that... and his grandson. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, they may have spoken to each other at the red light, but you couldn't hear at that point. Yeah, and that, just, like, that bit time, wasn't Same shouted. time tomorrow... Yeah, they could have been quietly trash talking each other. (laughs) Just like, fuck you. (laughs) Yeah, like, like, they were quietly waiting, but actually they were like, your mother sucks cocks in hell. (laughs) The very opposite of the 12th century people. You fucking idiot. Yeah. (laughs) Everyone thinks you're a dick. (laughs) You can't give a big speech on a bike. The no. bikes changed everything about big, dramatic speeches. <laughs> I don't know. Well, the person wants to know what happened here. I feel like we have more questions than answers. Should we mm. pick what happened? I'm sure at least one of us got pretty close to it. Mm. Right? We've covered it. I think the, the, the grandpa, grandson, just having a good time. It's a family game that they play to confuse people yeah. in the hope that oh, they listen to a podcast. Oh, you think they're, like, messing with yeah. listeners? Yes. Yeah, I think that. well, they're just, I think they're just messing with people. Like, um, like sometimes yeah. when, when... Everyone's a listener. You know, like, when you're, when you're younger and you're like, I'm going to do an accent tonight. I'm going to go to a bar and pretend I'm from Liverpool. And, like, everyone's going to think I really am. And then, like, think they're cycling around going, oh, my God, everyone's going to think we really hate each other. This is so funny. <laughs> And let's make it really confusing as well. It doesn't make sense. Yeah. I want to know what the bit that fell off the bike was. Was it the yeah. wheel? Or like what? And how yeah. quickly did he put it back on? How like... important was it? Yeah. Yeah. How detrimental to the ride was it? Is that why yeah. they stopped? How fucked is that guy now without that bit? <laughs> okay. So is our, it feels like our conclusion is they knew each other and everything's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Rather yeah. than vendetta with more to come. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, Renata, I hope that helps. And I hope I haven't (laughs) mispronounced your name. And if I have, I'm really sorry, but I'm a terrible person. I say (laughs) Renata. Yeah, I think it is Renata. Isn't that? I'm really sorry, Renata. I think you said Renata Renata. at the beginning as well. It's like you're covering both bases. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Renata, Renata. Renata. Really. Renata. I'm not my best self today, and I. Wish I could have given your name more respect. <laughs> this is the part... I hope we helped! This is the part <laughs> of the podcast where we would like to hear much more from our guest, Hannah Cunningham, Empty Alien. What are you up to? What do you want to plug? Where can we find you? Where can we see you? What's happening? Oh, my goodness. So um, probably just on social, to be honest. It's just all my makeup work. Um, okay. And you'll see... So it's on Instagram mostly. So okay. it's Empty Alien on there. If you search that, it's probably the first one. I can't imagine there's that many more people with that name. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, just on there. And you'll see any upcoming DJ gigs, gigs that I have coming up awesome. on there as well. Um, it's mostly just in and around London or Brighton in pubs here and there. That's all it is. Oh, but, cool. Yeah. That's it, really. So just uh, follow me on socials. Let's do that. <laughs> <laughs> it just remains for me to say thank you so much to our guest. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. It's empty yes. and Hannah Cunningham. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Drunk Women Solving Crime is produced by Amanda Redman. Music by The Lion and the Wolf. If you would like to, you can follow us on Drunk Women Pod on Twitter. On Facebook and Insta, we are Drunk Women Solving Crime. And please review us on Apple Podcasts. And also, if you have a crime that you would like us to solve, write it on a review on Apple Podcasts as well. Thank you to ACAS and thank you for listening. Bye!